0: Easy. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis, Tavis My. All right, now, a conversation with two members of the Congressional Black Caucus. We'll talk to one at a time, Uh, old school and new school. uh, Both represent uh, parts of the city of Chicago. Uh, The newbie uh, is Congressman Jonathan Jackson, son of Jesse uh, and Jackie, uh, and we will be joined a little bit later by longtime Congressman Danny Davis. I am honored to welcome for the first time to this program new Congressman uh, Jonathan Jackson. Congressman Jackson, how are you, sir?
1: Hello, my friend, Brother Tavis. How are you, sir?
0: Man, if I complained I'd be an ingrate, I am doing well. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Great to hear your voice. And, likewise,
0: uh, likewise. Great
1: to be back on the VON and on your syndication.
0: No, I appreciate it, man. Uh, we're glad to be on VON. Uh, 1690 AM in Chicago just started there yesterday, so thanks for the shout-out. We appreciate it. Let me. I want to just cover as much as I can, the 10 or 12 minutes that we have here. Let me start with this, though. I was in Chicago some months ago, and uh, I, of course, I always check in on your parents. I love them both. Uh, how is your father doing? The country knows he's um, battling uh, Parkinson's, but how's your dad doing?
1: He's doing great, and considering the circumstances, God bless. He'll be 82 this coming weekend, October 8th, Mm -hmm. and um, so I look forward to celebrating with him, and uh, he's he's a soldier, he's on the battlefield.
0: That he is, that he is. Give him uh, my regards and uh, your mother, my love, of course, uh, as well. Um, um, a few things I want to cover right quick here. We just had a conversation, spirited dialogue with Mark Baraback, columns for the L.A. Times. The whole country, of course, is talking about the swearing in today of LaFonza Butler, the only black woman now in the United States Senate, being sworn in by her friend, Vice President Kamala Harris, the Congressional Black Caucus, sent a letter uh, that you signed off on, of course, sent a letter to Gavin Newsom saying that Barbara Lee uh, would have been the best pick. Uh, She'd be ready to take uh, that seat and uh, be ready to move on day one. Um, She was, according to the CBC, the most prepared. He did not go that direction. He went Lafonza Butler. As a member of the CBC, what are your thoughts on that decision?
1: I would like to say a very special congratulations to Senator Butler. That ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look forward to seeing her today at 3.30, welcoming her. It was uh, his choice. Um, I did not know of her, but from what I've read, she's certainly qualified and outstanding, and I wish her the best. And so um, that deal is done.
0: Yep. I assume they will, but will the CBC embrace her even though it wasn't the pick of the caucus?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, um, Chairman uh, of the CBC, Mr. Hortzford, has already announced that we're going to have a a Congressional Black Caucus ceremonial swearing in for the senior-designate uh, Butler, mm-hmm. uh, today at three thirty. So she's coming here with welcomed and open arms. We did not know of his options. And mm-hmm. of course, he's in a position of leadership in his state and he can choose who he wants to. And he did. And so I applaud his decision. I simply knew Barbara, but yeah, sure. I can get to know Butler and I'm sure she has, from what I've read, all, she's done all the good things and great things. So for that, I'm grateful. I'm yeah. glad that he honored his word. He said he would appoint an African-American woman, and he's lived up to his word.
0: Yep, he has indeed in that regard. Um, let, let me ask a, a, a big question here, a bold question. Why is it that you wanted to be a member of Congress? When you look at this body that is dysfunctional, we're talking <laughs> we're, we're talking about all the drama surrounding Kevin McCarthy and now the vote that's being called on his speakership and the, the, the negotiation. He'll have to do with some Democrats, I think, to hold on to that seat and what Hakeem Jeffries is going to extract for Democrats supporting him to hold on to his seat since they don't have enough votes to put Hakeem Jeffries in as Speaker. It's just a hot mess in Congress. Why did you want to be a part of this body?
1: Well, like you and so many other Americans, we sit at home and we see um, um, what happened on January 6th, which was really a turning point that I just saw the Confederacy coming back together Mm. and if you think you can do better you ought to give it a try and i come from a business background and been actively involved with my mother and father and parents and the civil rights Mm. so i said let me give it a try let me give it a chance if the people accept me i'm certainly willing to serve and also felt if i had a duty to my country um and so i do believe in public service i've done that from the activist lane but Mm -hmm. let me try to do it From the inside the government of institution, I've been in private business and want to see our people get serviced in responsive time and bring resources back to the community. And 56, I was at that age last year. Mm -hmm. Children have gone through college and um, parents of age. Let me try to do something different. And I thought that I could add something to this body. And let me tell you, I am so grateful that I was uh, elected Mm -hmm. and so honored to be here. Um, There's 435 people in the Congress, 100 in the Senate, two in the executive branch. 537 people are in the most powerful institution on earth right now. Yep. There are 537. And so to get on the floor, to have access to try to persuade people, enlighten them. And a lot of people aren't necessarily against the black community. They don't even see it. They drive past it, around it, through it. Mm -hmm. We have to continue to advocate on behalf of our community, share our stories. So when I go on the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee and tell people that with the African Growth and Opportunity Act, this is the first time we've had a trade agreement with Africa that did not uh, require shipping and selling of African bodies that now we're talking about selling African goods. You can only do that if you're in the room. When I talk about why are Cubans coming in here with a package and Haitians that have an issue with an earthquake, with a a coup in their government, uh, and they aren't giving refugee status, and we never describe them as asylum seekers. Like, why are there two sets of rules? I mean, like, you can only do that from the inside. And so for that, I'm very grateful. Yeah. On my CBC, Congressional Black Caucus panel, I had the afro colombian the black vice president from Colombia to be on my panel. They need our help. So I can see pan-Africanism, our people in the diaspora. And I was able to walk on the UAW picket line as a member of Congress to support and to deal with this migrant issue, I mean, this has got off what they're doing. Yeah. It was never an issue. When we called uh, Europeans coming over here, give me your tired, you're poor, you're free, you know, your huddled masses are seeking freedom. We call Canada our front neighbor. We call Mexico our backdoor neighbor. And it's like there's African towns in Mexico, blacks, that were escaping slavery, moved into Mexico across the border. The first time our U.S. troops were put on the border Whereas uh, when black people were leaving slavery trying to go into Mexico for freedom. And there are blacks all throughout the Caribbean, all through Venezuela. These are our friends and our brothers and our kins that we have to speak up for. So we're going to make sure we have civilized um, immigration and migration policies. And we're not going to be pitted black people against brown people, against have this turn into a war on the poor there were a hundred thousand Ukrainians to come into this country and they were processed, given visas, given work, put in housing. Now all of a sudden that the face has changed they're using people as pawns, and we're going to put an end to
0: that. Mm. What's, what's it, let me ask you? It's about two or three minutes left here, right? Quick, just two minutes. Um, what's it feel like being able? And I didn't want to interrupt you, but you you were laying out your bona your bona fides on foreign policy. Um, and foreign policy is something that Black folk often don't check into. Uh, we don't pay attention to. Your father, though, has been a great emissary uh, in Africa, and for that matter, around the globe. He's always understood uh, the importance of our <clears throat> being aware of and being connected to foreign policy. My sense is you learned that. From him, and you're continuing that in that in in that in that uh, trajectory. Uh, but what's it like being a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, given all that your father has done on the foreign stage on, on the international stage?
1: Well, I've been on the front line with him. I've seen him without a government portfolio, talk to uh, Saddam Hussein, and bring back. Um, uh, people that were held hostage sure. when the governments weren't talking. I was with him when we went to visit Hafez Assad when Reagan wasn't talking and bring back uh, a down fighter pilot. I was with him when he took Fidel Castro to church. But even as it regards to the state of Illinois, the largest industry. In the state of Illinois is agriculture. I serve on foreign affairs. I serve on agriculture. Mm-hmm. Our largest industry in the city of Chicago is in financial services. The financial services industry in the city of Chicago is comprised primarily of the traders at the Chicago Board of Trade, Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the Chicago Board of Options. All of these are financial institutions. The agriculture has supervision over this. The largest industry in the state of Illinois is agriculture. Everybody has to eat. Yeah. In this new farm bill, eighty percent of this has to deal with the food and nutrition programs. The SNAP, the WIC, the TANF, all the programs are gonna support women and children. So that's why I'm on that committee. I get it. Fifty percent of our grain is being exported abroad. So we have to see foreign affairs as something central. Black bodies got over here because of foreign affairs.
0: As they say, the apple. I hear you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. As they say, the apple uh, often doesn't fall far from the tree. It's quite a family. Uh, I've known them for decades now. Honored to have known them and befriended them over the years. Uh, Your father, of course, ran for president. uh, 84, 88, two uh, amazing campaigns. I worked on them, uh, and recall those uh, those heady days. His brother Jesse L. Jackson Jr. served in Congress. Now he serves in Congress. Hard to think of a black family that has all of that in one family and say nothing of his uh, his brilliant mother, uh, Jackie Jackson. Um, Congressman Jackson, good to have you on the program. All the best. You will do it again somewhere down the road, sir. Thank you for your time.
1: You're the best. Continued success, Brother Tavis.
0: Thank you, my Thank friend. You so much. Stay strong. When we come forward, uh, that's the newbie. We'll talk to the veteran, Danny Davis, uh, on Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive.
1: Unapologetically blind. Black. 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 You're tapping into tap smart Tavis. Nice.